0: Hey there, listener. I know you're dying to get to today's juicy, juicy episode, but real quick, we wanted to tell you something special. If you hadn't heard, we are coming out with an actual play Dungeons & Dragons show. It's going to be called Pact & Boon, and if you listen to the end of today's episode, you can actually hear the first part of episode one. Now, if you want to make sure you don't miss the launch of this new show, Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash guild and sign up to join our free community where we'll announce all of these things. But again, if you listen to today's episode all the way to the end, you'll hear a snippet from the first part of the first episode and tell us what you think. But uh, in the meantime, let's get back to today's show.
1: Welcome back. Hello there. Uh, I'm Justin Lewis here
0: with Tanner Wayland today.
1: Oh, hey. Hey, Justin. Sorry. I was uh, I was just <laughs> looking at something on my desk and I was like, what's that doing there? Um, hi, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, me
0: too. It's a good day today uh, because today we are talking about Dungeon Master Boredom. So two weeks ago, we talked about Dungeon Master Burnout, and two weeks before that, we talked about kind of keeping excited as a Dungeon Master. And this is really the second part in that uh, two-part series of trying to keep your excitement up as a DM. And we found that it's really two sides of the same coin. Either you get burnt out as a DM, or you just get bored as a DM. And to be honest, they are fairly similar in terms of symptoms, In terms of how you feel but I think they're slightly different in terms of maybe some of the prescriptions so naturally the first question is what causes Dungeon Master boredom
2: yeah
1: that's uh, honestly I think that uh, what causes it typically um, I find that uh, that not having enough variety in your DMing because in the end uh, DMing is, we're DMing a game. Games are supposed to be fun. Games are supposed to be uh, varied and like provide kind of fun experiences but uh, we find fun in variety and in new new things and and so if you're just constantly doing the same thing over and over again, I mean you're going to get bored. Right? That's kind of the definition of boredom.
0: Yeah. And even that I think can be like split out into a few different things. So like, as a DM, you're doing the same things over and over again, but I think also players can start doing the same things over and over again. So maybe your players are getting bored, right? And that's kind of causing like a negative feedback loop.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's uh, the energy in a session. If it ever is like, hey, the DM's providing most of the energy, then, then something's gone wrong, right? Uh, because it's it's only fun once everybody's contributing their part. Um, I think the golden kind of mean is like, hey, most like ninety percent of the people at the table are con- contributing, and maybe one person you know needs a little bit of help. And hopefully, week to week, it's a different person. <laughs> but uh, but once every if everybody is like all the players, especially, are the ones that aren't doing much, and they're kind of just on for the ride then you know something's, you know, something's got to change.
0: Yeah. So, okay, I I think before we move on, let's also talk about kind of what does Dungeon Master Boredom look like? What does it feel like? Um, I know from my perspective, um, from my perspective, Boredom, it it manifests when I am thinking about preparing for the session and it's, Sometimes writer's block can also kind of be in this area of like, I don't know what to do. And there's just very low motivation to do it. Um, Sometimes when I'm thinking of preparing, I feel like this big, like, uh, you know, uh, like uh, a weight, like I don't like holding me back from preparing. Uh, And sometimes I think the boredom manifests during the sessions when someone's doing something, I'm the DM, and my thoughts kind of wander, and I'm like, ugh, like, when is this session gonna end? Uh, At least that's what it feels like for me.
1: Yeah, I feel exactly the same. Like, when I'm preparing, uh, and I realize that I'm not excited while I'm preparing, and it's not because like, ooh, this is gonna be a lot. It's rather like, oh, if I spend a lot of my time thinking, how can I get the players more involved? Then that's kind of telling, right? that like oh apparently mm-hmm. that's been an issue uh and i've been feeling it and maybe the players have been feeling it um and i can tell that i'm bored just with the preparation because i'm constantly thinking it's like oh how can we actually make this interesting uh on the yeah. other hand if i'm in the in the session and you know i i, f- I find that i get very bored when i know exactly what's going to happen you know <laughs> Uh, Like, I do something and I'm like, oh, the players are gonna act this way and it's gonna take this many turns to finish the combat. And, you know, I I don't, maybe that's asking too much, but part of me wants to be to have scenarios and situations where the players feel like they can add their own piece, right? Um, and, And so many times when I've just planned everything to a T or I've planned a scenario in a way that it's like, hey, there's really only one outcome then it's going to get boring for me, for them. Well, maybe yeah. not for them, but for me at least, right?
0: Yeah. So it sounds like <clears throat> there are two categories of kind of DM-related boredom. So boredom that can sort of be attributed to the dungeon master and then boredom that can sort of be attributed to the players. And when I say boredom, maybe it's um, lack of interest or or, mm-hmm. or things that, are causing this boredom yeah. so let's let's start with the dungeon master uh we said you know one of the the things is that they're doing the same thing over and over and over again uh there's not much variety so what would cause that lack of variety uh in your opinion
1: uh i, I would say one thing would be if you stop going to outside sources for suggestions for help for ideas um it, there, nobody should be in an island unto themselves where they never get help or suggestions, right? Uh, And so I think that, you know, if you're listening to podcasts like this, I know that sometimes we say things that you've probably heard plenty of times. But, you know, even just like learning things that maybe you've forgotten or learning new things that you hadn't heard of, learning and seeing potential uh, opportunities for growth, I think that that's a, a great way to... Uh, to fight uh, you, you having a boring style of DMing, and I don't mean that in in a, an accusatory way, right? I think everybody at some point in their life is going to DM in a in a boring way, and that's that's normal, mm-hmm. because if we don't do that, then we can't learn when we're prone for that and get better. Uh, so it, so if you are you know if your DMing style is is boring and you're, you're having any of those telltale signs we were talking about, then go outside of yourself go onto the internet there's so much good advice out there so many so many tools as well Um, and I think that that's that's a huge first kind of way to help with that
0: yeah yeah Um, I really I'm gonna repeat what you said learning and opportunities for growth are one of the best ways to prevent DM DM boredom I think that's what you said yeah Um, I think that's so valuable and you know just recently in my own session prep i'm a a bit of a planner but mm-hmm. i'm also i'm also not i'm i'm like i'm i'm a discovery writer but i do not like improv which is kind <laughs> of this weird dichotomy uh but recently in session prep i would write like if they do this and then this situation arises like If they get thrown in jail, then they can ask one of the jailkeepers to let them out and the jailkeeper will offer one of three scenarios. And I didn't expound on the scenarios other than saying they asked them to do a job, they asked them to kill someone, or they asked them to go find this thing. And those are all like low-grade side quests, right? That would require me to improv on the spot. So I think maybe one thing to do, like you were saying, with learning and growth Is provide opportunities for yourself to go into those areas where you're less practiced right like force yourself if you don't know how to do underwater combat make them go underwater and and make yourself learn it or if you don't know how to do stuff in the Astral Sea make them do that Well, not make them but provide the opportunities so that way you can learn and, and and kind of have a new experience yourself right
1: yeah exactly and even i would argue uh so let's say that you're in a in a situation where you have less less flexibility like like a longer dungeon where it's all kind of the same theme uh i think it's absolutely okay as a dm to kind of prod your players in certain directions i know a lot of dms do this anyway but uh, i think in the past i've been guilty of being like oh i'll see where they want to go you know but it's okay to be like oh there's a really interesting encounter over there uh with some mimics uh i'm going to have a little child's voice like kind of playing over there you know and and then they go into search and then you know the battle happens versus you know just letting them choose wherever and they go into the other room where they fight you know a bunch of goblins for the 20th time you know uh it's okay to if you're doing a pre-written adventure to uh to, you know pick and choose what you include you know and then if you're writing your own never write the goblin encounters to begin with just you know provide some different choices of paths and make it so that each path ends in the encounter you want
0: <laughs> yeah yeah in that way <clears throat> um i know there's a lot of controversy over whether or not dungeon masters should railroad uh, and, and for those of you who are new listeners, railroading is kind of this idea of uh, your players are on this sequence of events that they can't escape from. They are on a train. They are on the, ra- uh, the trail or the, the tracks. Gosh. And they are going to the destination like the train. Unless it falls off the tracks and things explode, they're not going to leave it. Um, in my opinion being a dungeon master is it's a lot like you know being the driver for those safari cars at disney world or whatever going through the animal kingdom like people have to have this feeling that they or maybe this illusion that they can do whatever they want and and they they can but in the end you as the dungeon master are the curator of the story so if something they want to do is actually pretty boring, you let them do that, and then you curate the story so that way it's not boring, right? Um, And and you kind of need to pull the the, the strings behind the scenes. And to that effect, my friend sent me this one TikTok reel or whatever. Uh, Basically, and we all know that combat can sometimes be really boring. Uh, It can Mm -hmm. be slog. This reel explained that a teacher was hosting this club for D&D at school. It was like middle school, I think. So during lunch, there was like like five tables or something set up. Uh, and he found one table to be particularly interesting because the players were fighting a dragon and the teacher kind of walked behind the DM screen. And every time the players would hit and do damage, the, the DM would be like, oh, that's awesome. You did this much damage. He's looking like this. And he would see that the DM wasn't keeping track of the health. And afterwards the, the teacher asked the DM and said hey why did you do that and the DM said the dragon dies when it stops being fun to fight the dragon uh, and I think while with certain players you might not be able to do that exactly because min maxers and hmm. things like that that you know they play for that reason but if you're in a combat and you've you've reached that moment There's nothing wrong with adding in something new or changing it up to make the encounter more fun. Maybe the big boss dies or maybe for some reason he splits into two and there's two of them now and they have less health. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with, like I said, the players went where they wanted to. It's not as fun as they wanted it to be. So it's your job to add something or take something away. To make it more like what they wanted.
1: Yeah, exactly. You, as the DM, and I think that this is paramount to our, our topic. You have all the control in the world that you want. You know, if something's boring, no one's gonna help it uh, better than you. You know, no one's gonna make it change better than you. And that's especially true of combat. You know, I, I know that sometimes combats feel like you know, kind of a rote thing that you can't do too much with it that's not true uh you can absolutely change up the scenario change up the situation split off the boss with one of the players and then the other players have a time attack kind of thing where they're trying to get to the player and keep them from dying you know whatever it is you have that flexibility uh and kind of my last thing on at least how a dm can keep from being boring boring uh before we move on to the players my last thing with like a DM should always have goals for how to improve. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, specifically look at the different parts of play and the different parts of DMing, combat being one of them, role playing being one of them, uh, world building being another and think like, hey, which of these is kind of boring to me? you know and and just be objective in that moment and then make goals right i I said this in um uh, in a podcast about combat tips but if combat's boring chances are you're not timing turns you know and and that's a simple goal that you could have it's like you know what for this next session for the next few sessions i'm going to time every turn and obviously keeping the rule of fun in mind right but i'm going to time turns so that things are more speedy And see how that works, and then for the next like goal, it could be, I'm gonna practice uh, some different accents. You know, I'm gonna look up some videos online, I'm gonna look up uh, accent generators, and then, uh, and then that would make my role playing fun. If you have goals, uh, much as it is in life, you're gonna find that your DMing is just a lot more exciting.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. To that effect, I think there, you know, like I said before, there are places in dungeon mastering that we don't go because we're uncomfortable or we, f- we feel we're not prepared. Uh, in my opinion, those are exactly the places you should go. You should definitely not feel afraid of failing, trying a new accent, because your players are going to laugh at you, and while they're not laughing with you, they're laughing at you. That's totally fine. That's great. Like we're there to make it so ourselves and the players can have fun as long as they're not laughing at you in like a very mean-spirited way. But like Tanner said, take some time to identify those areas where you can improve. uh, Even down to, you know, this particular rule gives me a headache or this accent, this single (laughs) accent is super hard for me, or I don't know how to use this one NPC uh, and then practice that, you know, and, and do it in a very, Free-spirited way, so your players are aware that you you haven't, you know, tied your ego to it, mm-hmm. so that way they can laugh at it and you can laugh and everyone can have a good time. Um, so, so moving on to kind of the next aspect, naturally, dungeon masters, we have our whole slew of things to do to make sure we don't get bored, but our players can sometimes, not, not try as hard as they yeah. could. So the next question is, how do we get our players to maybe give a little bit more to the game
1: yeah yeah Uh, i think a key part is making sure that you have the environment where players feel like they can add to the game right you talked about railroading and a big reason why people are against railroading is because a lot of times when a player tries to do something different the dm makes it so it just doesn't work period because it doesn't work with their big vision (laughs) Like, uh, for example, a player that's a rogue, you're in a town and instead of focusing on kind of the mission, quote unquote, the rogue's like, Hey, I go out every evening and I rob a house and you're (laughs) like, do I have to play this out or do I just give them free money or what? You know, um, and it's not in your plan. So you make, so you just stress about it and, and then the player can tell that you're not really making this either easy or enjoyable for them. And then suddenly you've hit an impasse and then that player knows okay from now on I'm not gonna try things like that you know so they have to feel like whatever they want to try you're going to try and play ball so to speak and make it an interesting fun experience whatever it is
0: that particular example is is fascinating to me because it's one that is is so probable yet Even as you say it,
1: well, it happened to me. That's that's why I was like, yeah.
0: Even as you say it, I'm like, what would I do? Like, because that's essentially either you come up with a full list of different houses and different scenarios, or, you know, like. So, so I'm curious, what did you do in that instance? Uh,
1: I don't think I did it well. Like, I think I, for the first like, two times, I actually like, pulled up a house uh, layout. And I tried role-playing it, and and it just wasn't super great because I wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. I also didn't love the fact that I was like, these are just harmless villagers, you know? And, and I wasn't having fun with it, which if I had, looking back, you know, now that I'm past that phase, if I did it, I would have totally had him run into the house of, like, just the scariest, like, serial killer huntsman, you know? <laughs> uh who's just like sharpening an axe while there's like a bleeding out dead bear on the ground you know and he's like uh, oh, i was getting bored you know something like that right um instead i was like oh i've got to be real to the thing you know and these are just villagers and, and of course then it kind of took the fun out because in my mind the thing i was worried about is like i'm like i don't i just don't want to give this player a bunch of gold because they happen to be in a town that's lower leveled that you know most of the random villagers aren't going to be doing you know aren't going to be really versed in self defense Mm -hmm. and so I overthought it and I didn't make it as fun as I could have Uh, honestly what I would have done going back like I said is just be more flexible like hey if they're doing something that like okay maybe it might give them some extra gold throw in an extra challenge and make it fun you know, uh, I, I think that there's a lot of opportunities there or you, if you don't care enough, like I think the other option that I probably should have done since I wasn't in that kind of like really good improv mindset, I should have just had them roll. And if they got below a certain number, all the houses were locked. <laughs> if they got above a certain number, oh, they got in got a couple pieces of gold, but then they got chased out. Oh, they rolled above a 20, you know? Mm -hmm. Then they got plenty or something, right? I I should have been more flexible that way, but instead I was like, what's he doing? You know? (laughs) And and that didn't work out.
0: Yeah. See, I think that's such an interesting situation because it it brings in a lot of other aspects. So for example, like you might go the route of playing it out a lot more and kind of like developing that. I would only Mm -hmm. recommend that if your other players can sit still and listen for that much time. Otherwise, you know, roll, move forward. Uh, The other thing that came to my mind is when your players do something unexpected, it's, uh, it might be a good idea to also do something unexpected with what they're doing. So like you said, like, like, you know, I, I, in my mind, I took it a step further, you know, they robbed two houses the local authorities are getting wise and so they start looking for this robber right and then the third house is actually someone who just murdered someone so like you break in and you see a dead body and a serial killer and either you fight the serial killer or you don't but if you do the local authorities start like you know the next day they praise you and they're like hey let's give a medal to this person uh, meanwhile, they're like, wow, you have a lot of gold and, and kind of that idea of like, mm-hmm. they're starting to look at you a little bit more critically because they're looking for this robbers. Anyways, um, yeah, <clears throat> kind of that unexpected aspect. The, the other thing I would add is with reward comes risk, right? Yep. If they're going to get a reward, there needs to be some sort of risk. Uh, so with your idea of the rolls, if they're going to get money, like they roll above a 15, they get money. I'd say if they roll below a five, they might get thrown in jail, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And they lose a lot of money getting the bail
0: yeah, or something. Right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I love that example. Like that that's probably the best example in like the last 10 podcasts we've done uh, just because it's so perfect because it's going to happen, right? And yep. it's like, what do you do? So uh,
2: Yeah,
1: and I think I love your suggestions because it's like it shows a... Uh, fluidity and and one thing i would have told my younger self with this is be like hey for the first session you know just make it goofy maybe give them more than they'd expect not like a whole treasure load right but give them a bit more than uh than you'd maybe want to and then between sessions think it out think about hey how can i do this in a way that's unexpected for them Cause they pulled one on me what can i pull on them that isn't just necessarily completely bad because you don't want to like punish them mm-hmm. you know you want to make it fun and i like your suggestion about like hey they actually got into the house they caught the person and then the town's they're hero now but now everybody knows their face so if someone goes and gets robbed by them you know yeah the police know where to go exactly um yeah, so I, I love that, and I think that, you know, if you have a hard time responding to players' uh, creativity, uh, what I would do is, uh, is you know, you're gonna have to practice it, but also if it's a longer form creativity kind of thing, and players are like, hey, I'd like to do this, uh, then find a way to postpone it, you know, have an NPC be like, oh, you want to go to that bridge, and in your mind you're thinking, I haven't planned the bridge, the bridge is nowhere in my mind. Right. Then have an NPC be like oh actually the river overflowed. It overflowed the other day however I hear in a day or two it should be down and then after that session you go and plan something that you're like fine let's make this actually really fun instead of something that I'm throwing together last minute mm-hmm. that I'm sure I might show some of my impatience or my yeah. <laughs> you know uh, my lack of being flexible with right
0: yeah and there's nothing wrong with like asking your players outright Like, I'll be honest, this might've broken the uh, immersion, but our last session, the players, like, the session ended with them outside the the city walls of Waterdeep planning to go inside. And so I literally said, I ended and I said, okay, next session you will be going into Waterdeep because you already said we're going into Waterdeep. So I Mm. wanna know what are things you want to do in Waterdeep, you know? And, And I literally went around the table and I asked them and I wrote it all down. And over these last few weeks, I've been preparing and, you know, things like that. There's yep. going to be stuff that they didn't tell me or whatnot. But at least this way, when they're like, oh, I want to go sell this dwarven funeral mask, I'm going to be like, cool, you go to find, you know, and I'm going to have kind of an answer that makes them feel, honestly, it makes them feel important because they're like, oh, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, I'm more immersed as well because you've had time to prepare. Yeah, uh, That's great. Honestly, I, I agree. I think... Uh, a big part of preventing boredom from like the aspect of the players not contributing is asking them what they'd like to do, right? If you ask them their plans, their hopes, their goals for their character, then you'll be able to prepare for it and you'll be able to give them something really good in return.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other stuff we could add. Uh, We're actually kind of running up on time. So last thing I would say is if your players are not contributing in the way you'd like them to sit down and have a chat with them and if needed have just a session with just them so they can really get to feel what it's like to have the spotlight on them um, you know and and have fun like that but try those two things and see if that helps anything else you'd like to add Tanner
1: yeah Uh, no I I think that uh, we've said it pretty well Um, and and in many ways the like while we give specific tips there's certain types of feels to what a a creative and an energizing game is like right Mm -hmm. Uh, a creative game is uh, and an energizing game is one where you can feel the DM getting better session after session it's one where you can feel like the players are contributing in the creation process and they're being heard and communication is just flowing both ways right Um, and whatever form that takes great but if you're able to do that then i think you're going to have a hard time getting bored
0: exactly exactly uh so thank you for listening to today's show uh we hope that your boredom or burnout disappears uh and and if it does or doesn't let us know go ahead and reach out to us on instagram at how to be a better dm we'll be back next week for another amazing episode but until then let's go ahead and roll initiative thank you for listening to today's show Uh, We really appreciate your support and your patronage. We have a few more announcements to go over. Uh, First, thanks for listening to today's show. You obviously liked it because you listened this far. So, as a treat, we want to give you a taste of what's coming. Listen up.
2: Well, folks, (laughs) we are living in the world of Kalygnos. World of fantasy, magic adventure death life gods the lack thereof murder love mystery no love oh my she's zero love but most of all love <laughs> All right, there's some love, but we won't be doing any of that because I don't like it. Because we're heaven. all men here. We're yes. all men. Yeah. I mean, hey, we'll actually no, we'll... see. Stop it.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to bring the
2: love. Thank Tanner. Tanner will bring the love. <laughs> I feel that. Come with us. Um, we find ourselves in hell. The nine hells, to be exact. Each layer of the hells grows more violent and evil in its nature. We pass beyond Avernus, the first hell, a rocky and desolate landscape being constantly ruptured and broken by meteors falling from above and volcanic eruptions from below. A legion of fiends marching towards some unknown destination, branded and prepared for war. A frighteningly gorgeous woman in dark robes at their head. Falling through an opalescent pool, tumbling through the heats of hell, we find the Iron City of Dis, the second level of hell. The walls, buildings, and streets all glow with a dull red of hot metal. A monstrous tower pierces the sky and overlooks the Iron City, the throne of Dispater peering at its subjects. A waterfall of molten lava flows out of a wall covering an entrance to the underground prison network where prisoners of war, criminals, and kidnappers are kept and reformed, Mentiri, the prison of Dis. Now, our intent is to find heroes of the light, heroes of righteous demeanor, heroes that can bring the world from darkness and save the innocent. Let's go see if we can find them in Mentiri. We find ourselves deep in a portion of Mentiri called The Purge. An unsettlingly clean and put together section of the prison dedicated to the torture, reformation, and punishment of prisoners. An Aranyas clad in blood red plate armor drags a jet black dagger down the bare chest of a human man, strapped to an iron table. Damn. He's dashing, rippling with muscles, white blonde hair disheveled. It's long, about shoulder length. He's a he's good looking dude, <whistles> right? So there is some love here okay. in Collector's. Right. <laughs> we're, we're feeling it. All right, good. And it's all his, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it is. He clenches his teeth. In pain, as the dagger is just casually dragged down his belly, as blood starts to come out, um, he fixes his gaze on this devil woman and says, I will ever serve the light. May the gods curse you. And he spits. She sighs, breathes in deeply, puts away the dagger and summons a giant greatsword from out of the nothingness. Uh, Before the man has time to finish the gulp as he sees this giant blade, uh, his head is lopped off. Oh. Um, So. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) There goes the hero of light. Not so handsome anymore. Um, Let's see if we can find anybody else. What do you say?
0: That's right. We're coming out with an actual play D&D podcast called Pact and Boon. And we are so excited to share this with you. Just so you know, our characters start out in the nine hells. And if that doesn't sound fun enough for you, let me just say that Tanner will be sporting a German accent. And it is quite delightful. So if you want to be notified for when this show comes out within the next few months, go to session slash Pact N Boon. That's P A C T N B O O N. Put in your name and email and we'll let you know as soon as Pact and Boon is released. Tired of being alone? Are you tired of not having any of your players understand you? Are you tired of never truly belonging? Well, you're in luck. All you need to do is join the Guild. The Guild is a unique and exclusive experience that is only open to Dungeon Masters. It is a full community focused on helping ease your DMing burdens. Want to meet other DMs? Join the Guild! Want to discuss your homebrew ideas with people who would appreciate it instead of just telling your cat? Join the Guild! Want to find a place where all your wildest dreams will come true? Join the Guild! Go to monsters.rent guild and sign up today for free. Wait, that can't be right. Chuck, Chuck, can you check this again? Is this supposed to be... What? Oh, it's... They're serious? It's free? Oh, okay, all right. Yes, go to monsters.rent slash subscribe slash guild and sign up today for free, even though they are crazy for giving this away for free. Common side effects may include burping, sneezing, laughing, breathing, hearing, listening, tasting, farting, creating, sarcasm, puns, and in extreme cases, explosive diarrhea. That's all the announcements we have today. Again, thank you so much for everything you do for us. You make this show possible. Like we said before, we'll be back next week with another great episode. And until then, let's go ahead and roll initiative.